Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters Law, my co-host, Eddie Richard. And we have plenty to cover on this show. Um, as we recorded the last show, it seems to happen every time, Eddie, uh, news comes out right after we do it. We record on Monday, we post on Tuesday, and Bob Murray was placed on leave the next day. Like, what do you think it is? You think they timed us on purpose or what? <laughs> Who knows? I mean, I guess they're forcing us to do a show like every week or they want us to change our days in doing the show, but it, it never fails. Something always has to happen right when we're done recording the day after. I think this one, you were just about to post the show and this news just popped up. It's like, great. Yeah, and what a crazy week it was for the Ducks. They continued with their winning streak uh, since we talked last time. They, they've won their next three games after that, so we'll go over those a little bit. But then we'll talk uh, mainly about Murray, the situation with the Ducks, and who could maybe replace them. We'll start off with that instead. We'll kind of change up the show a little bit. Plenty of fan questions that we always appreciate that we'll discuss. And then, of course, some league news at the end of the show. But um, do want to give a thanks to everybody. Uh, we had Veterans Day last week. So, uh, obviously, Eddie, thank you for your service and everybody else out there that has served. Uh, just want to give thanks to everybody for that. We also have Thanksgiving coming up. I don't know if we're going to do a show before that or not. So, you know, lots to be thankful, uh, especially with the Ducks this season. Eddie, uh, you know, w- winning right now on a, on a hot streak. And, you know, obviously talk about Getzloff and Terry and a bunch of other things going on with this team. Um, but uh, uh, what are you, uh, I guess, thankful for outside of the Ducks winning? Well, I want to thank my uh, brothers and sisters, uh, veterans out there, too. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, we all serve in the same hellhole, I guess. It could be at times, so we all know how, how that is. Mike, I appreciate your support. You always, from day one, uh, admired and appreciated a, a service member, so I, I really appreciate that. So thank you for that. Um, I think I'm pretty much more thankful for just continuing my path in life. Uh, from what I lost, those uh, 50 pounds of weight. I'm happier and just my everyday schedule. It's a little hectic right now, but I'm glad to have like uh, friends like you, Mike, uh, the fans that keep uh, wanting to talk hockey and, and listening to us talk hockey. I'm really thankful for that. I'm just thankful, and I guess every day I wake up and life, I guess, in general. And you know what? You know, I'm thankful for Ham too. Ham is really, really good. So I'm really thankful for that. <laughs> yeah, I remember you lost all that weight, which was amazing. Uh, and awesome and yeah I'm thankful for you too uh, you know doing all this stuff we, we talk about this you know pretty much every day we're either texting or going over this stuff uh, you help me handle a lot of things on here because I know you have a busy schedule and I have a busy schedule I wish I could do more I wish I could uh, have more shows you know we, we're pretty much doing one every other week or every week is where we're at I'm really busy with the game uh, previews and recaps so a lot of things there but uh, like you I'm very thankful for a lot of family members that served uh, I've talked about on the show before uh, my dad served in Vietnam and then three out of uh, four of my grandparents served in World War II so I'm very thankful for that and all of you out there listening too I know there's others of you that are veterans I- I'm thankful for as well and similar to what you mentioned, Eddie, just thankful every day. You know, I have a roof over my house and, you know, um, I have uh, able to put food on the table and whatnot. So uh, very fortunate uh, in regards to that. So uh, with that, we'll get on with the show. Uh, like I said, a different <laughs> schedule. We had recorded the last show. We were all excited talking about the winning streak. 
and everything. And the Ducks did continue that streak, and we'll, we'll get to those games briefly. But the big, big news last week is the Ducks put Bob Murray on administrative leave. And then uh, shortly after that, then they announced that he had resigned and that he was going into a alcohol treatment program. So before we go into that, Eddie, what is your initial reaction? You know, hearing this news that he's put on leave and then going into the alcohol treatment, uh, what, what is, you know, your first thought that came to mind before, um, you know, really researching this and then all the other subsequent stuff that came out, which we'll get into that too. Uh, I just, uh, I'm glad it happened finally. I didn't, I, I always said it, we weren't going to win a Stanley Cup uh, with him as GM. Um, the only thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way and irritated me, it seems like it's just like he used alcohol as a scapegoat for his behavior. Uh, that just pissed me off. I know a lot of like people that don't read between lines or think outside the box or right away like, oh, it's an addiction this, addiction that, defending it. And it's like, you were a piece of shit for how many years from the Barstool incident uh, that you threw and countless people have said it. Uh, you had Ryan Whitney uh, put him on blast on spitting chicklets numerous times. And then, you know, he tweeted out how much of a prick Murray was or is. It's just, I don't know. It just seems like it was just kind of a, a, a kind of like, oh, well, you don't have a drinking problem. So that's excuses my behavior and everyone feels sorry for me. I, I don't buy it. I think it's bullshit. Um, if it's true, then I, I apologize. I hope he gets the help. But I, I think he's just. A piece of shit person and i'm glad he's out of the ducks organization i'm glad that the staff and the players don't have to deal with his toxicness anymore uh, i you know i'm sure everyone listening we all have had that one boss or employer that just made our life hell and it just kind of ruined our, our day just you know it shouldn't be like that in an everyday organization or any job you work you shouldn't have to go to work feeling miserable or terrified that you're walking on eggshells it's not the way business should be run yeah, and that's exactly uh, what was going on. Uh, I heard I talked to a few uh, former employees about this. Uh, some of the stuff is not new. I, I mean, for some of you that uh, know some of this and some maybe not, but uh, Murray liked to drink. That wasn't really a secret. Um, he could be found at places uh, in Anaheim after the game, out drinking and whatnot. I, I talked to him on the golf course. You know, when there's other guys around and, and all that, um, I think that the bigger thing is probably, you know, him having a temper, you add alcohol with that, and that's a big problem. Uh, the thing that bothers me about this stuff is the, the 2009 incident that you alluded to, Eddie. Yeah, if you guys remember, the Ducks were in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They lost Game 7 to Detroit, and then this is when the chair-throwing incident um, happened. And it went to court, ended up getting dismissed, uh, kind of on a technicality. But the way it went is that they were going more for uh, a battery charge, which includes intent, and they couldn't prove that. Um, so they didn't go for negligence, which they probably would have gotten a conviction on because, um, you know, if you're angry and you throw a, a chair or two in a crowded room, you know, there's a good chance that you're going to hit somebody and hurt somebody. And that's what he did. He, uh, Whether he intended to or not, we can argue that all day. I'm not here to argue that. But he, he got mad. He threw a chair. He hit a female media person that got injured. Um, so the thing that bothers me is, is, okay, the court thing went the way it did, but Murray wasn't fired. Did he go um, to any anger management? I mean, that was never brought up. It did anything ever happen from there? So there was a sign right there back in 2009 that there was an issue, and we don't know uh, what happened. 
and that's kind of troubling uh, you know from this time going on and another thing that eric stevens brought up, that was a good point one of his articles was you know the owners they came out you know and and talked about um apologizing which was good you know on behalf of the organization for the misconduct of bob that was fine i i, I get that uh, you know that they don't stand for the abuse and whatnot but the big issue is how, well how long i mean okay obviously he had this temper problem in 2009 uh, when did it start affecting everything with the employees and things going on at um, the team? Because, uh, you know, I talked to Henrique before the season started, and he, he didn't want to say much about Bob at all. Because you remember last season he was uh, sent down on waivers, cleared him right, stayed on the team, talked to him a little bit about it, and he was basically like, you should go talk to Bob. Like, he was, like, pissed off legitimately, and I, I could tell. Um with that so for me it's like okay this happened but he's he's been there for a decade like in this kind of abusive behavior and now i, I mean it, that just bothers me it, it, it's a problem and i think a thing that we had talked about too is and this has come out too from a lot of all the media people you can read all the the tweets and the uh, articles that they put out about bob uh being in this uh basically an environment that's like a, a hostile work environment uh, people being belittled and threatened, uh, you know, even threatened to lose their jobs. So you have this that kind of thing going on. The owners let Bob run the team. I mean, that's what a lot of owners do, obviously. But, I mean, it sounds like they didn't know some of this was going on or they didn't hear it. And there was a disconnect between what was actually going on, the, the, the working relationship between uh, Murray and the owners. And I think that's just a big, big problem because you ha you had this incident in 2009. That was known. You can't say that you did not know about that. And people knew that he liked to drink. That was obvious too. That th Those two things, there's no way you can claim that they didn't happen. Now, the extent of all the stuff that happened within the team, we may or may not ever know that. Um, but that's the huge issue for me, Eddie, is that disconnect. So and we're going to talk about getting a new GM, but that is like probably number one on my priority list of whichever GM comes in, it's got to be completely open communication with the owners. They need to know what's going on. They can't be in the background. Uh, you know, we can't have a repeat of this uh, basically, Eddie, because I know you and I have both experienced this. We can talk a little bit about it. And I bet some of you out there have, uh, have had situations like this, but uh, this, whenever they figured this out, obviously sometime after 2009, when whenever he was starting to do stuff around the organization, something needed to be happen and it feels like nothing did it's almost like they were hoping that he would just end his contract at the end of this year and maybe solomon would take over i mean i don't know eddie but it just doesn't look good at all in the organization that a there was this behavior and that the worst part is b is that it went on for so long oh it's been so long i think another thing you forgot to mention or, or maybe the the owners just didn't care they knew what was going on they didn't care it's just like whatever uh, th th there's no way they did not know, or it's just for so long, I I it's hard to believe that they didn't like know a single thing was going on like this. Like he wasn't being toxic and he wasn't you know, kind of abusing his power. It's just, it's too long. And, and I get it. I know some people mentioned like cancel culture and he he's all being me. No, trust me. I'm totally against cancel culture. I think cancel culture is a cancer at itself in today's society. So like, I I'm like a hard ass. I, I, I get like like tough love and, and 
kind of treating people kind of like hard, especially your professional athlete. I was in the military. I get all that. But what he was doing to people, it's that's not right. And that, that's against what I stand for, what I believe in. You shouldn't have to make people feel that way. I, I've worked in situations. I was in the military, worked with shitty leaders, horrible ones, where it just made it seem going to the, the, the army, which I couldn't quit. You can't quit when you're in the military. It just made it hell. Like We always joked about friendly fire and stuff like that. It's like you made your soldiers feel that crappy to come to work and you weren't letting them advance you're walking on eggshells another job i worked out the same way i felt like i was walking on eggshells uh, being threatened by abuse of power it's like every day i'd come home just drown myself in alcohol and sorrow and just like always tense and my anxiety at level 10 level 12 the whole time it shouldn't be like that in a working environment especially when you're in a professional environment like being in an ahl a hockey team it shouldn't be like that I'm not saying go and hold everyone's hand and, and rainbows and cupcakes, things like that. But no, you have to find a fine balance between you know, being professional and, and not acting like an asshole. And regardless if you like to drink or not, I like to drink. I've I've been drunk numerous times that I didn't consistently treat people like crap or make people feel that way. And the few times that I did do that, I was remorseful and I changed my behavior and, and changed the way I conducted myself as a human being and as a man. Uh, the way he acted and the way he treated people, especially staff, I think it's just disgusting. And uh, like I said, I think it's just the alcohol is a scapegoat that he's using to make himself feel better and, and, and make everything situation feel better. And I really hope that the owners aren't just thinking like, oh, well, we're going to get him some help and he has a drinking problem. And we're going to bring him back as a consultant or something. No, I, he should be done. He should be done from the game of hockey, from all those years of mistreating people you're done. Like, I don't care what treatment you go to. I don't care how many anger managers you you complete or Hail Marys you say, whatever you believe in. Uh, I think you, you should never be around a professional team ever. Uh, maybe the NBA or, or, or NFL, they have a lot of issues going on. Maybe they need someone to straighten them out, but you should never be a part of a professional hockey team again in your life. Yeah, I mean, the stuff that went on is very problematic in, in this the stuff that you described is something I went through too, uh, as with a previous employer where I went to work and I was afraid I was going to get fired every day. Um, I got written up for stuff that I, I felt was unfair and uh, basically belittled and demeaned and yelled at in a job for a while. Uh, it went on for a long time um, and I, I wasn't sleeping right. I wasn't eating right. Hey, I like to drink too. Um, yeah, I started drinking more at that time. Was was not a happy person at all. Uh, my friends never saw or heard from me or anything like that. And it was horrible. And that environment is what some former employees told me they, they felt. Um, one employee um, said that when he would go to Honda Center to do you know the work and stuff, that whenever he saw uh, Murray walk around his suit, he, he would purposely avoid him. Like he would walk a different way or go in the elevator or whatever. Like he, he did not want to be around him because he didn't want to be yelled at or belittled or anything. Like that's the kind of anxiety he had when he would go there. He just did not want to be around him. That's how bad. Uh, another employee told me that he felt like what I was talking about, my former employee, he, he felt like he was devalued when he was there and that his opinion didn't matter and that uh, that he could be fired because he felt that he was just replaceable is the way it was described to him and and he it was just stressful it's stressful so if any of you have ever been in that kind of situation with an employer i don't know if you have eddie and i have and, and some of these former employees told me their stories 
I'm not going to get crazy about all the stuff um, that was going on, but they were saying that definitely um, he, he would do those kind of activities, lashing out at people and belittling people and things like that, and, and very threatening uh, with people's uh, jobs and things like that. So you, you have that, uh, and like you said, I, I put that in the article too. You're right. I mean, did they not know? Or did they turn a blind eye? I did mention that in the article I wrote because... I mean, we, we knew about the 2009 thing. That was a court case. You can't hide that. And everybody knew that Murray drank. That that was not a secret at all. We all knew that. So the only other part I could think that's thrown in this is, is, hey, the Ducks were a winning team for a long time. So I saw some people saying, well, hey, the Ducks were winning. So who cares? Well, that doesn't matter. Like, you, I don't care if you're a winning team. Um, you have someone in there that, that people are stressed out, you know, having anxiety and and, you know, they're trying to, you know, like we said, have a roof over your house and put food on your table and you're creating this this environment, uh, you know, at the cost of winning. I mean, does that happen? Of course it does. It, it's the, This is not something isolated to the Ducks only. You know, you talked about other sports, NBA, football, things like that. I played on a semi-pro football team. I've seen some stuff like that, too. I, I you know, it's there. But uh, we got to be better. That's the bottom line. Uh, we have to be better. And I think that the Chicago thing played into this, too. You know, they had people call in, um, and that's where a lot of this, uh, I think, came to a head with the owners, too, for the Ducks. And I think maybe they were going to let him go at the end of the season. I mean, I, I don't know 100% on that, but they might have done that and brought in Solomon to, to, to get him going. And um, this was just kind of a way of being like, all right, you know, we're pulling the plug now for sure, because there's no way to defend this. Uh, with all the stuff that he was doing and the amount of phone calls coming in and, and information that I, I think the owners just got exploded with. I, I think that they had to know some of this stuff was going on, but maybe they didn't think it was as severe. That might have been part of it. But um, once all this information came to a head in this last year, um, I, I think they were left with no choice, Eddie. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was expecting them to freaking extend Murray too, knowing them. Like, I don't... I don't understand. Um, it, it's I don't know. I'm a little irritated too. Uh, Murray should have been gone seasons ago for performance wise. Not you know if all, like all this aside, it, it should have been done like a long time ago. But I don't know. I, I still think they just. I still think they knew. They just didn't care. And if, if it wasn't for the NHL putting that hotline out and getting tips and phone calls and the Chicago incident that got like blown up, they, they, they were forced to respond. I, I really doubt that they wanted to, you know, can him, quote-unquote, or, or let him resign. But, I don't know, it seems kind of fishy. And, like how they said, like, like the owners are going to pay for his uh, rehab treatment. I thought the, the NHL would pay for that and stuff like that. But it seems like they're gearing for a return. Like, once he, quote-unquote, uh, completes his treatment, there's a spot for him with the Ducks organization. And that's going to piss off a lot of people. And I really hope that... That doesn't come to fruition, but I don't know. These owners seem stuck on Murray, and and they seem clueless. And like, like I said, if if they knew, which I really think they do, if they knew all this toxic environment and abuse was going on, I think they shouldn't be owners either. And I, I think uh, you can't just say, well, we didn't know. You guys are the owners of a professional hockey team. You should be more engaged and involved and, and be there for your family quote-unquote like it's like all your employees are your family and i don't know i just rubs me in the wrong way of people like that i've worked with people like that i know how it made me feel so i would hate other people feeling that same way and it just pisses me off that it's the a professional environment and 
we always talked about in shows too. We had it edited out the last show when we talked about, you know, thank God that the Ducks don't have all this off ice drama. But here we are talking about this. It, it sucks, but I don't know. It, it's it, it just pisses me off, and I think the owners aren't like saints either, and I think they should share some responsibility for the situation too. Yeah, and what you're talking about is Eric Stevens went into more of that in an article that he wrote that I talked about a little bit earlier uh, in the show as we were discussing this. And he said, yeah, you know, it's time for them to come out and, you know, I mean, yeah, they made the statement apologizing for his behavior. And, yeah, he's resigning and we're moving on. And, you know, we're going to do this search for the GM and take time. You know, all that's fine and dandy. But the meat and potatoes of addressing this is still left. Like, you just kind of threw out the appetizer like, okay. So we're going to take care of this and we're going to do this. And we're going to move along. You know, nothing else to see here. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know if some of those employees are going to get closure because I know some of the ones that I talked to, they were, they were relieved when they left. Just like I was relieved when I left my old employer, um, you know, uh, because of the situation. And, and just so people know, too, I'm not talking about everybody in the organization. I'm not saying... You know, I, I think the Ducks do a great job at a lot of things. I, I do. I think that they, and they've done better recently too with the things that they're doing. So I'm not at all, don't quote me as saying that this is the entire organization and this is all stuff going on. I don't, I don't believe that at all. I think there are a lot of great people at the Ducks. I know a lot of great people at the Ducks, but a couple of people had bad experiences with Bob while there. So there's obviously validity to what's been said. Uh, and you've seen it reported through a bunch of other reporters. Uh, stuff going on with the way of his his temper and his attitude and the way he was. So I'm hopeful that, you know, he doesn't come back. Hopefully, you know, he goes and does the, the alcohol thing. I really think he needs anger management more than anything. That, that's what it sounds like from all the stuff that I've heard and other things I've read from other people. That's where he needs to really get, a, a, you know, address his stuff. And maybe it's with the alcohol too. But um, I, I'm just glad that they're going to move on now. Um and you know, just trying to figure out who's going to be the next um, GM, which uh, there, there's a lot going on here uh, for the Ducks. I, I think you know they're still on the winning streak, doing well. Like we said, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But we should talk about you know what do the Ducks do from here now, right? So um, where do they go, right? We're we're basically in this this new era uh, for Anaheim, right? And they put in Jeff Solomon uh, temporarily, right? Um, this is a guy that. Had success with the Kings, helped them get two Stanley Cups. Uh, he knows how to negotiate player contracts. He's got a legal background. Um, he's really brought analytics into the the fold in this, which the Ducks have been kind of behind on that for a while. He seems like a really, I don't know if he wants a job, but he seems like the front runner. We did do a poll question too. We included the other assistant GMs, Mike Madden and David Nonish, just saying what you guys think in terms of internally. If say the Ducks don't pick outside, if they go internally, what would you think? And, and you guys overwhelmingly like Solomon, uh, 63%, 26% for Madden, and just 2% for Nonish. Um, so that's kind of the breakdown there. Madden is another one in the mix. Uh, you know, a good scouting career. Obviously one that Eddie and I talked about when we talked about the drafts. Uh, don't get me wrong, Murray did a lot of work, but Madden was really the mastermind behind the, the draft process with Anaheim and, and their success. Uh, I think he would be a good candidate too. I, I don't know if he wants that Montreal job. 
if, if it's open in the summer, if that's something he's looking into, or if he wants the Ducks job as GM, uh, you know, I don't know. But there's that to think about with him. And then you have David Nonish. He's got all that experience dealing with the, the Canadian stuff, which is super intense, right? He, he was at Toronto and Vancouver, but his track record hasn't been that great. He's, he's done some trade stuff. He has some contract experience. He, he knows a lot of people in the league. He's probably the distant third if the Ducks were going to go between these these three, which you guys also agreed on on the poll. But but what do you think, Adley, uh, inter- internally? You, you think that um, if the, you know, we'll, we'll talk about outside people in a little bit, but if they were to go inside, you think Madden would be the guy that maybe that should have gotten in there temporarily? Or do you think they stay with Solomon and write him out then make him the official one? Or what, what's your take? I thought Madden would be named uh, right away, especially he's been there, I guess, longevity. Solomon's kind of new man in there. But obviously they, they picked him for a reason. Um, I don't know why, but uh, you know, hopefully it works out. Uh, he's been part of a winning culture with the Kings. So I, I guess maybe that's something uh, they had. I know we talked before we started the show. You mentioned, too, like maybe they're just kind of groom, grooming him for the, for the job and Murray wasn't going to be extended and they were going to give it to him regardless, but... Um, you know, I, I probably would have picked Madden because he's been there a while. He's been great with scouting. Uh, like you said, he, he was the mastermind behind uh, some of the Ducks' draft picks. So uh, that's something to consider. But uh, maybe this was the plan all along. If not, this is a good test run. Uh, he's interim. We'll, we'll see what's gonna what he can bring to the table. The trade deadline is going to be really important for the Ducks. They have uh, some contracts they need to either get rid of or re-sign before they lose him for, for basically nothing so they had to figure that out so it could be a little test trial for him uh it's kind of a make or break for the team too it's if he doesn't you know the trade deadline is going to be one of those things where you have to do something significant you can't just wait around um with this too for solomon he, uh, he has no uh, personal connections with these players so it's gibson players like that it just he, he can trade pretty much anyone there's no emotional attachment to these players he didn't draft them he wasn't there from day one so that's something positive and negative but I, hopefully it works out for the ducks I, I can't see the ducks having a terrible uh trade deadline have they did in the past we've seen murray's um his questionable things maybe he was drunk when he made that uh chris wagner trade uh chimera <laughs> I'll, I'll blame that on alcohol that's the only i mean maybe he was on drugs that time i don't know i still can't understand why you made that trade but i'm thinking back in the past but yeah um i guess we have to trust solomon i i, I personally would have picked madden but hey i'm just i'm just a person doing a podcast i'm not the owner of a professional hockey team yet right uh, i mean <laughs> you, you you crack you know the one thing it's like it's it's sad and it's ironic because you bring up the alcohol thing and i know People that know listen to the show, I, I was kind of 50-50 on Murray. There were some things I liked. There were some things I didn't like. You were more of the one that was like on his ass. And then we would, you know, joke about this alcohol thing. And then here it is. It pops up in here. So it's like, oh, my God, really? Like we would like, oh, did he get drunk on these picks? You know, bargain uh, Ben Bob, right? And now we're like, oh, great. So <sighs> frustrating. And, but yeah, and You know what, too? Like. I'm not joking around about alcoholism or alcohol abuse, so I, I really hope people aren't taking that the wrong way. So I do apologize if it made it seem like that. I'm just uh, talking about you know experiences. Like I've I've known people that have alcohol issues, like true alcohol issues, and that are getting help with that. And I, I keep I, I keep them in my prayers each and every day. So I really hope 
that no one's taking this as like, hey, we're just like knocking alcohol abuse because it's like that's not what I'm doing at all. Like I was irritated because I was, I had a, a drinking problem back in Colorado, like when I was in the military. I, I had that. I was an alcoholic, uh, drinking every single day just just to function in life, and I, I got the help that I needed. So I understand what people are going through. It just does not excuse your behavior and. It just seems like a, a big deflection and not taking responsibility. So that's why I was responding the way I was. But I wasn't trying to like, I, I don't know, make fun of anyone's real, real alcohol abuse problems. So I want to make sure that's out there and, and not not to offend anyone that really had issues or know people that have issues with alcohol. No, absolutely. You're right. That's I, well, I was just saying the irony was that we had joked about that before all this came out. Just saying, like, oh, you know, you know, like the typical statement that some people might make is that, oh, you know, was that was that person drunk when he did that? You know, that kind of thing. That that's the context we're talking about. People, we're not making light of it at all. Uh, and I've I've I haven't personally uh, had that kind of issue with myself, but I've had it with family members, so I totally get it. I'm uh, just just saying that that's what we used to say. Oh, you know, did did you do that because you were you know drinking? And then here we are with this thing. So it's just I just can't believe. I, I was honestly surprised when that news came out that that was part of the thing. Uh, I was like, "What? What are we talking about here?" But um, getting back to the, 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 you know, going forward, this new era. What are the Ducks going to do? I, I think the real big thing, like you talked about, is the trade deadline for Solomon. Um, if he's still the GM at that time, which it seems like, you're right. He doesn't have that connection these players like Murray had. So it's a different shift now now is he gonna be like i'm gonna trade this person i'm gonna trade that person also what's his relationship with the owners now too are the owners gonna uh let him kind of do his thing like they did with murray or no are they gonna be a tighter leash on him so there's that that factors into it then the other big part of this and we've talked about in the last couple shows is uh raquel um henrique uh, uh i'm sorry raquel well henrique's part of it but as far as the ufas uh raquel manson and lindholm what um what are the Ducks going to do with those guys? Because there was all this trade talk about them uh, last season, including Henrik. But with these three, uh, Raquel Mance and Lindholm, you don't have that leverage now. They're rentals. So what are you going to do? Their contracts are coming up. Uh, how are you going to address that? What are you going to figure out? I mean, that's something that he's going to have to navigate. I think he has great experience doing all the stuff with L.A. So obviously he'd be a good choice um, to take care of those things. So I, I really think that he is in the driver's seat if he wants to be GM. And I think that a big part of it will be the trade deadline and these other uh, expiring contracts at the end of the season. Um, again, if he's the GM in the summertime too, uh, leading up to the draft, you know, we don't know. It, it sounds like the team's going to kind of ride the season and, and then maybe make the decision. But, I mean, things can change. So those are your three guys you have internally. Solomon, Madden. Uh, Nonish, um, I'm with you, Eddie. I, I was surprised they didn't put Madden in there as an interim, unless he didn't want it. I, I don't know, but um, I, I would think between those two, Madden and Solomon, if you're going to stay inside, I, I wouldn't be upset with either one. Um, you know, I think I think they're both great. I think they complement each other well. So those are your three inside. As far as outside, some names that we looked at um, that have come up as you have uh, Michael Futa. Uh, who's an interesting one uh, because he's over there helping Carolina, but he was also instrumental in the Kings winning those two Stanley Cups. And he has a working relationship with Solomon. So I, I wonder if he's a guy 
uh, Eddie that they could maybe bring in? Or is it something, uh, you know, Eric Stevens talked about this in his article with him. Is it something where it could be a conflict? Would it be, you know, does, does Fuda not want to come in and compete against his former, you know, friend and co-worker Solomon for the spot? Or, or would it be, you know, they don't put Solomon in there and he's like, hey, bring in this guy. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Or, or if Solomon takes the spot and then Fuda comes in and replaces him. Um, I, I think there's some options there, maybe some discussion there. I mean, like I said, you're bringing in guys that won Stanley Cups. I'm not, I'm not really going to be upset, especially a guy that has worked with Solomon. is a SoCal guy. I know it's L.A., but, um, you know, I think he'd be a benefit too, uh, whether he's brought in as a GM or assistant GM. Oh, yeah. Um, they have that connection. They know what it takes to win the Cup. Uh, Kings weren't favored to win. I think it was their first Stanley Cup or maybe their second. I, I know they weren't favored, but they just kind of worked at it. They, they moved some pieces. They got the right people in, and they just kind of built a, a kind of a winning culture. And it sucks that LA won those two cups. And trust me, the Ducks fans, we're, we're never going to forget it because that's all uh, LA fans can count up to is two, and they never let us forget that. But I, I think he'd be an interesting choice, too. I know I was talking to one of my hockey buddies yesterday about that. He mentioned the same thing you did, Mike, uh, about him maybe not wanting to come in and kind of stepping over Solomon's toes and taking that job away from him. Um, I don't know. If Solomon stays and becomes a new GM and uh, that interim uh, tag gets removed, maybe he brings him in as an assistant GM, too. They have that working relationship, and they both they pretty much – know what it takes to win so uh, i mean he he wouldn't be a bad one either but uh, i don't know if he'd want to step over his former uh, colleagues toes on that level and then uh, a couple other uh outside picks that are gms and then we have a third category that are outside uh, players and we'll go to, on to that in a minute but other uh Guys that had uh, GM experience, there's um, Jeff Gordon, there's Jim Rutherford. Rutherford's one I really like. Uh, Y'all know that I like the Penguins too. Um, And, you know, he was instrumental in getting them a couple Stanley Cups. He also got Carolina theirs in 2006. And he was one Stanley Cups himself as a player. So I I really like Jim Rutherford. I know he's an older guy. I know maybe he wants to retire and doesn't want to come into the mix. If if he wanted to come in, I wouldn't be opposed to him. Uh, Another one. Jeff, Jeff Gordon, I mean, I don't know. A lot of stuff went down at New York. Um, you know, he, he tried to be very transparent, which I did like because, you know, we talked about the Ducks not being transparent uh, about the rebuild process. And then, then they were, obviously, this season, which, you know, is interesting because they're talking about rebuild and, and here we are now second place in the Pacific. So, I mean, go figure. But he had his issues there at New York. Uh, he also got fired. Um you know, different things going on. I mean, he helped Boston build the team. He wasn't there during the time, but he, he built the team up that won their cup in 2011. I, I think he's a real outside choice. I'm not really big on him. Um, but, I mean, I like Fuda and I like Rutherford. I, I, I like those guys uh, that that could be you know, ones that are definite proven winners that could come in there. I, I don't know what your take on, on Gordon or Rutherford or another actual GM or former GM that's out there, Eddie. I'll pass on Gordon. He had the issue in New York. Uh, I guess miscommunications. They put out statements. I know they uh, they're transparent with their fans, but they put out a rebuilding statement, and they were just kind of done before the season. Was, I think it was like November. I I, re, I recall when they put out a statement to their fans saying that hey, well, we know this team's not going to go where it's, it's going, and and we're we're we're, we're going to rebuild. We're going to be sellers. We're going to. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, you're putting that out like the second month of hockey. Like, you guys aren't even like out of the contention yet, and you already gave up. 
So that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I, I, I just recalled that about him. I'll pass on him. Rutherford, uh, Rutherford would have been a good choice. It's just his age and he's older. I'm not sure if he wants to come and take a job. And We kind of want a GM that's going to be here for a while. And it's going to make significant changes to better the team. And I don't know how much longer he wants to to i guess work and put in that work and if i don't know if retirement's calling his name he wants to enjoy his life but uh he'd be a great choice i would love to have a gm like him that can make changes that can bring the stanley cups he he he's a proven winner it's just like everything he touches wins it seems like yeah that's a good point you bring up maybe he does want to retire and another point that is good is that if we are going to bring in someone we don't want someone that's only going to be here for a couple of years and then to restart the process so yeah that might be a consideration too so that's the breakdown you know inside and outside the ducks as far as gms uh you know player names have been thrown around a lot um i jokingly threw around solani's name out there on twitter and and people were going nuts it was kind of interesting because a lot of people loved it and then there were some of you that just absolutely hate it and they're just like you know good god no uh, was I think the words of some people they they really disliked the idea, but some of the other player names. So we, I threw out Solani uh, Pronger was another name that's been floated out there. Kevin Weeks has been an interesting one that's been floated out there, and then I think you also talked about uh, Patrick Waugh. I think was another one Eddie. So those are kind of the four player names that are out there. What do you what do you think about uh, these guys? I, I know Kevin Weeks. I, I I was reading that he almost had a job at New York, and he's been in the mix when teams need a GM. He's had a few interviews. Um, he's well connected in the game. He knows a lot of people, and uh, he's a great analyst. He's probably like my favorite analyst out there. But um, I, I I don't know if if we need someone new. I think we need someone more experienced that's gonna gonna elevate the Ducks and kind of create more of a winning team situation. Uh, Solani, uh, I love Solani, but I don't want him as GM. I, I want him to just keep enjoying life as he is. He seems like he's really enjoying it, so I think he deserves that. Pronger was interesting. Um, it was interesting to see that, but I don't know. I, I think we we should go with experience and not kind of gamble on someone new. It could be hit or miss. Uh, you can bring someone in. They can do a good job. You have Yeiserman and um, Saki doing great jobs over there as GMs of their organizations. But for the Ducks right now, we're like kind of in a tender spot right now. We're rebuilding, but like you said, we're second in the Pacific, and we have this big old winning streak, and people are thinking they're going to plan to parade. We had a fan question about that. We'll get to later, but (laughs) I I don't know. I I say leave it as is right now. We'll see what Solomon can do. Um, If things don't go the right way during trade deadline, then a change can be made. We can uh, look up these names. We can look up Mark Bergeron from the Montreal Canadiens. He's rumored not to be back with them. Uh, We can see see bringing someone with that experience in. Um, Maybe one of these players, Kevin Weeks. I don't know. It it should be a process that you should bring in people, interview them, see what, what they want for the future of this team and what they envision for the future of this team and make your choice um like right there um solomon got put in a spot uh due to unforeseeable circumstances but it it shouldn't just be like that you should really just make people earn the job and the title of gm of the anaheim ducks and really do your due diligence and and really uh i guess dot your i's and cross your t's while finding the new gm and it should be a process not just like hand it to someone so i think the owners and the team and the organization really have um, they really have to do their homework on this one and find the right person for the job that's gonna 
boost the Ducks into what we all want them to be, a Stanley Cup team again. Yeah, I mean, they do have to take their time for sure. And I'm with you with the, the players. It's kind of iffy. I, you know, I did talk to Tamu last week uh, about it, and he said that he was not interested in being a GM. And I think you bring up a valid point that he's got, you know, his, his restaurant. Um, uh, he's got actually two restaurants, a lot of things going on. Um, enjoying life too as well he goes back and forth between here and Finland so he you know told me that it would be too much it's not something that he would want to do and I, you know, I think that's good I think that is the right decision um, what's interesting though is that he said he's not ruling out any other kind of role with the team so you know keep an eye on that he's not saying he's gonna you know come back and be on the team in, in any spot but he hasn't you know completely distances himself from doing some kind of idea uh wild wing organization yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> have him come play as wild wing fly in at the at the beginning of the game as wild wing um so there may you know if there's some kind of movement uh at the top you know maybe that you know maybe he takes on a role kind of like niedermeyer where he does some stuff when the ducks are in town but but not out on the road maybe something like that you know we, we've we've seen that that could be something that he, he could do uh, you know, something in the player development or something like that. So, you know, he, he's not completely going to distance himself. And he's actually going to be at the game uh, that we're going to uh, against Washington this week. They're going to be honoring um, uh, McNabb for his uh, career, long career with the Ducks. So he will be there. And, and you know, we've seen Tamu there a few times, obviously this last time with Getzloff and his points, which we're going to talk about here in a second. So uh, I'm with you. Take the time in the process. Uh, whoever they get, please get uh, a proven winner. I think we did mention some in here that are proven winners. I'd stay away from the players. Not the, you know, not that they haven't done things on the ice, but but the players that don't have this management experience uh, is not necessarily, uh, I think, uh, an option for the team. So, you know, as more stuff comes out on that, we'll, we'll look at it and talk about it and, and see, you know, um, what other options come up. So, uh, I. I think yeah, he forgot yeah. one more name, too. A fan brought it up. He asked yes. about uh, Mike Walters becoming the new GM of the Anaheim <laughs> Ducks. Mike, are you down for the job? Are you ready? <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw, I saw that. I was like, oh, my God, really? Uh, <laughs> if, I, if I could quit my current job and do it, uh, maybe. But, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good with what I'm doing well, now. I, if, I'm happy. <laughs> if they do offer you that position and you do take it, I just as a friend and as a fan, I really hope that you would decrease beer prices. I know you have the power as a GM to do that. So that would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be number one, right? Is, uh, hey, can you decrease the price of alcohol, Mike? I'd be like, sure. I'll, I'll see what we can do. We can get some <laughs> other vendors in here. Uh, do I have to buy stock? What do I got to do? You know, how, how do I got to make this work? Yeah. No, I, I, you know, I cracked up about <laughs> You're right. It's, I forgot. Somebody tagged me in that. I was laughing. And I do appreciate you guys, uh, you know, enthusiasm and support and whatnot. But, uh Obviously, that's something that's just so much going on in that job. I mean, would I love to do it? Sure, but <laughs> I don't know. It, it would it would be a lot of work, as as Tamu and I were talking about. There's a lot going on in that, and I do not have that that NHL executive experience. I'm not one of those. I would be in that that far off category of the, uh, you know, just an athlete trying to come in and do that. So I, I don't know if it would work out too well, but. <laughs> I appreciate the support, and you're right. I forgot about that. That that cracked me up. I forgot who that was. Whoever you were that did that, you are hilarious. Yeah, that was I, awesome. I, I thought that was funny. But 
Um, no, I am not putting my name in. And no, the Ducks have not called me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's not, yeah, right. This is not going to happen. <laughs> oh, boy. But, uh, okay, so <laughs> now that we've gone over this, uh, you know, topic for a while, um, you know, we, we didn't do it right away because we wanted to wait and get some more information, hear some stuff, and then now we hear about possible GMs. So kind of wanted to put that together for you in the show. So this is almost like two shows. So that's like the first show. Now the second show uh, or second half, we'll go into the, the winning streak. Uh, Ryan Getzoff, uh, Troy Terry. We got uh, we got a Michigan play with the goals to talk about, uh, and some more trade rumors, a little bit more stuff, and plenty of fan questions. So, so when we left off, the Ducks had won four in a row. Then uh, they played uh, Vancouver twice and Seattle once. They won all these games. More excitement. The Ducks are on a seven-game winning streak. They're going bonkers. They they've been going back and forth between second and third, pretty much in the Pacific, depending on. The schedules and whatnot, but uh, Ducks are just rolling, Eddie. Uh, you know, they go into Vancouver, they end up uh, building a two-goal lead. It looked like they were going to win. Uh, of course, there were some late goals that happened in this that had to force overtime, and then of course our hero Troy Terry, who's got his 14-game point streak. He's just been on fire. Was just named the third star uh, of the week as well, and the Ducks pulled this one off. Uh, uh, you know, they only won in overtime, but I, I mean, I thought they played better in this game. Uh, you know, just a little bit of a letdown late in the game, but I, I really thought that they were going to pull this one off in regulation. But uh, overall, not a bad game uh, here. And, and the Ducks at this point had uh, taken their uh, streak to five games, Eddie. Yeah, you know what? That was a. I remember this game. It was a terrible call by the ref. They called tripping on the goaltender when he like clipped Ryan Getzoff. Even Ryan Getzoff got up and like I think he was talking to Demko like like really like like I Christ telling him like no that, that that wasn't tripping at all. It just he lost an edge. It seemed like he barely touched him. It was a bad call. So them scoring and taking it to overtime. It, it's just like the hockey guys corrected something was wrong. It goes back to officiating being terrible, but. Like, once I saw Terry on the ice, I was like, oh, please let him score. It seemed like he was going to skate off at one point, but then gets off, or started leading the rush, and he went with him, and, and the rest is magic. Like, them two, I don't know, Terry, Perry, it rhymes, so maybe gets off, feels more rejuvenated. He, he's he's playing some of the best hockey I've seen in a while from him. He's just, they click. They're like, I don't know, mashed potatoes and gravy or spaghetti and meatballs, whatever you call it. I was going to think of another analogy, like, tuna fish and spaghetti like that movie big daddy <laughs> but <laughs> it's just um it, it's really good to see uh you can see zegris took a bad penalty he was on that slump uh, he retaliated got a penalty on that um he's getting frustrated P- people are taking liberties at him and that goes like to say like you know people need to stand up for him he needs to stand up for himself a little bit more he's a really special player a good player and it's going to happen in his career and uh, we, we need a little more grit on the team and we have to become the dirty duck especially if if we're going to be contenders and not pretenders we have to start uh, beefing up our grit but it, it was a it was a, a decent game it wasn't the best in my opinion uh, they played a, a struggling Vancouver team but they they came out with the win and that's all that matters and and uh, Terry extended his point streak to to 12 games and that guy's just going bananas he he really wants to make that USA roster I really think he's going to I think you just solved the mystery, though. So Terry rhymes with Perry, and that's exactly why there's Getzloff's success and Terry's success. That is just the absolute reason, Eddie. I figured it out. Simple. I'm you the new GM out. for the Ducks. I should you, throw my hat in the mix because I figured that out. 
<laughs> yeah, the name rhymes. That's it. That's exactly why. Screw all that analytical crap. They rhyme. That's it. That's why they're playing well. No, but yeah, I mean, Getzloff's just been stupid too. Uh, he's just been going off, um, like you talked about. At, at, you know, we're talking about these other couple games too, the other Seattle and Vancouver game as well. But at the end of these three games, he's got 17 points in 16 games so far this season, and he had 17 points in 48 games all last season. So, I mean, if you're thinking this guy is going to retire at the end of the season, <laughs> I don't, I don't think so, man. I mean, he's tearing it up. He's now at 999 points too. He, he got points in these uh, other games, as we'll talk about here. I mean, he's just been on fire, and uh, he just keeps on going and going. Uh, like you said, a great great pass on that overtime to Spring Terry and get that goal. And uh, then they went in, and they uh, actually hit up Seattle on this road trip. First time that they played there, and Getzloff had three assists in this game, and uh, Terry had two goals in this game. And this game was... This reminded me of the game against Edmonton earlier in the season. This is just crazy. You had McTavish... Uh, you know, scoring early. You had Terry scoring. Uh, then Seattle's coming back and it's like back and forth, back and forth. They just, after that, they traded goals like all the way till the end of the third. And uh, it ended up being five to four, like in the, in the late or middle third. And then the Ducks got a couple goals very, very late. But this game was insanely wild. I mean, highly entertaining, scoring all over the place. Um, I don't know. It was just exciting. Uh, you had a, a, a fight in here too because unfortunately Lundstrom got hit. That that I did not like in this game. I thought that hit was crap. Should have been more penalty uh, applied and no subsequent discipline or review or nothing on that. Um, but this was an exciting game and I did like the fact, Eddie, you know, this is a big thing you talk about and, and I talk about too is standing up for each other. And you had this game where you had the guys doing that, especially Manson coming to Lundstrom, you know, with that fight afterwards. I mean, that was totally warranted based upon that headshot. And, and I'm still pissed about that headshot. Uh, the fact that the league didn't even review it is just very disappointing. Oh, I'm not surprised. It's, it's, it's a joke over there, those dips, I call them. Uh, the player safety, yeah, it's so dumb. I, I'm glad Manson, uh, that, that was a good fight. Holy hell, that was a really good fight. I'm glad he stood up for his teammate. And let them know, hey, you can't push this around and you're not going to get away with a hit like that. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see sitting people just sitting there just brawling each other, fighting. I'll go watch boxing and UFC for that. But I want to see players hold other players accountable for their actions. If you hit my player the wrong way, you take a high headshot like that, the league might not respond, but I'm going to respond. And he got his ass kicked and well-deserved. It was, it was a great game. Like you said, it was crazy. There was goals everywhere. Um I don't know. People were so happy when they signed Grubauer. I was never sold on him. I wasn't sold on him when he played in Washington. I wasn't sold on him when the Avs got him. I always thought he was a mediocre goaltender playing in front of better teams than he, he, his capability is. Uh, Ducks exploited that, and they proved it. And some of the goals he's been letting in uh, for the games, it's proving that too. But yeah, it was, it was a great game. I think McTavish was more thankful for the puck just dropping right in front of him, making an easy little tap in right there for his second goal of the season. And of course, Terry just keeps going with his tenth and eleventh goal of the season. He just, he's like I say, he's going crazy. It's awesome to see the guy's like burning up. Like my mouth is burning just saying his name right now. It's how much on fire he is. Yeah, Terry's just, uh, I don't, it's just crazy. I mean, he's just, uh, every time he touches the puck, it seems like he's going to score, get some kind of assist. He's in the play. That line of him, Getzloff, and Henrique has been doing well. Just just keep him like that. Don't don't move that line, you know. Don't don't change him up. Um, 
you know, keep Zegras and Milano together too. They they've been doing oh, yeah. some good things as well. And and we saw that in the game, um, the second game here in this stretch against Vancouver. We saw Zegras going nuts in this game. He got two goals in this one and an assist. And the Ducks ended up blowing out Vancouver. This one wasn't even close. They got down early one nothing, but then Zegras with double power play goals, and then that crazy spinorama pass to Milano. Uh, and then the Ducks just blew him out. I mean, yeah, they got a couple late goals, but um, this one ended up being 5-1, to one, uh, another quality win for the Ducks. And it just seems like chemistry, Eddie. We talked a lot about that. You know, people are asking us questions about, why is this team improving? Why are they doing better? And uh, one of the things for sure is definitely chemistry. I, I think that line of Henrique Getzloff and uh, Terry has just been destroying it. Uh, Milano and... Um, Zegras are just just killing it too. Um, they're making plays and they're finding each other in the ice and and things are going well. So uh, I like what I, I'm seeing with this team. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to say like they're a contender, but I mean, dude, they won seven games in a row. Uh, Terry's on fire. Getzloff's on fire. Um, Gibson's still playing well. The defense is playing well. Um, they're they're still kind of giving up too many shots for my liking, but uh, overall, I mean, this team. I mean, you have to be super excited the way that they're playing, Eddie. Yeah, Shattenkirk too. Like he's just—he—he he stepped up his game. He's—he's he's being that defenseman that—that that we all know he could be uh, capable of. I—I uh, I don't know if his injury he was like—he uh, was getting over last season or the Stanley Cup hangover that he had from Tampa. But he's playing some great hockey. I picked him up in fantasy. We had a fantasy draft last night. I picked him up. It's just he was the best defenseman available and someone that's going to hopefully bring me a lot of points. But yeah, it, just, it, it was a good win. Uh, once I saw Vancouver go up one nothing, I wasn't afraid at all. I was like, all right, cool. They're up first. Ducks are just going to come back and, and kind of beat a dead horse because this team's been struggling. They, they've been really bad as of late. I think they've, they've let in the most power play goals, too, in the National Hockey League of, of what I heard uh, uh, earlier today when I was re-watching the game because I couldn't watch the full game yesterday. But yeah, they're playing good. The only issue I have with this game is with uh, Dallas Aikens. I don't know why. Um, I don't know why he didn't put Zegers out there to get that third goal. Uh, the kids never scored a hat trick. He's, he he loves to score. He loves to get the points. He loves to be that offensive production. And and you you bench him like like come on like there's no excuse for that. Like I don't know which play warranted the benching or, or, or what explanation that he want he put a quote out there but it's just like come on this kid's having fun he's getting his groove he's getting his mojo let him go and let him let, let, let him get a hat trick he, he worked hard this game he had three points and that second that well his assist he had to milano that little spinorama i read the quote saying that he knew uh, he saw him at the blue line and he knew where exactly where he's gonna be that, that that's that's chemistry you can't explain like it's just like, come on, the kid worked hard. He probably played his best game we, we've seen in a Ducks sweater. Like, put him out there for the internet goal. Let him get his hat trick. I, I think he more than deserved it. He was a, a big part of the reason why the Ducks won, if not the reason why the Ducks won this game. Yeah, I'm with you on that, too. That was the one thing that was kind of a head-scratcher with Aikens is taking him out. And, yeah, the quote, or I'll just read part of it. Uh, what he said so they you know asked him about not putting him out there for the empty net and he said but that uh, but the thing is that we're about team and I would love that young man to put one in an empty net and have a hat trick but we want to get really comfortable locking down these games with certain guys 
And as I'm like, what? I don't understand this. And he, I mean, he goes on and says, you know, if we're, if we're down, Z's going to be out there a lot. You know, but we have other guys that can lock this game down and did a hell of a job. I, I know it was 3-1 to one at that point, but, I mean, it's 3-1. to one. They pull a goalie with three minutes. You have Getzloff and Henrique out there. Henrique gets the empty net goal. I mean, you just, why don't you just throw him out there with anybody, really, in the last three minutes and just let him do his thing? I mean, what if he's out there with Milano or... You want to throw him out there with Henrique and Getzloff or whoever you want that you're, you're saying that there's the certain guys you want to put out there to lock down the game. Uh, I mean, you, you couldn't get him on there just to get him that chance. I mean, he was he was talking about it too. They had him all mic'd up and he's all excited. He's all, I haven't had a hat trick. And that kind of worries me because a lot's going right with this team. Don't get me wrong. And, I, and a lot more is going right than I think anybody predicted at the beginning of the season. But uh, player development's huge. You have a guy here, like you said, he earned it. I mean, he was killing it in the first two periods. Then you don't play him for like the last eight or nine minutes or whatever it was where he wasn't really out there. Um, I mean, if you want them to lock it down, okay. But they, they pull the goalie. There's three minutes there. I mean, you know, why not throw him back out there? Even even when they got the empty net goal, they could have thrown him back out there, but they didn't. I mean, I don't, I don't know. That part's a head-scratcher. And... You know, I'm not buying this. Certain guys have to be out there to lock it down. Okay, that's fine. You can have four of your guys out there that you think you need to lock it down and then throw Zegers out there just to get it. I mean, I, I don't know. That that was kind of frustrating for me in this game. I, I did not like that. Um, and I, I just felt that the reasoning, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I, I mean, he didn't get lucky. I mean, he was playing outstanding with those two goals and assists. And, and I like reward him, give him that chance. I mean, he's chomping at the bit like he's talking about, and this guy is full of energy. And he, you know, uh, let him let him roll. I mean, you're letting Terry roll and do all his stuff and and whatnot. I mean, I, I don't know. I, that's just one thing that kind of bugs me. Is sometimes the lineup still. And we talked about this last year too about not having the optimal lineup. It seems like Aikens has gotten better with it, uh, but. In certain situations, I don't know what's going on with that. And another thing I know a lot of people talk about is Delorier also with Zegras on the line. People are questioning that. I, I go I go back and forth on that one. I, I, I mean, I get it that he's there to help protect him. But then I'm also like, do you want another skill guy on there to help him and, and get that scoring? Because, you know, if you have Zegras and Milano, then you have Delorier. I mean, we've seen him. Yes, he can't score here and there. But uh, obviously, Delorier is nowhere near a, a Henry Getzloff, you know, any of these other guys, of course, offensively. So... There's those kind of things going on there. He, you know, Zegers isn't always getting the ice time, I think. And, and then that lineup, that other winger spot, it, it, those are just come up, my, I guess, critiques so far uh, through this season, Eddie. I don't know what you feel. I know you, you kind of like Delorier with Zegers because he protects him. I'm kind of, I'm half and half on that. I kind of would like to see another skilled player with him. I think I'm more biased too. Like, I just, I, I love Delorier. He's, he's my favorite player on the Ducks. Uh, I like, I like his role on the team. I like I like his tattoos. He's a tattoo guy too, so it's like, hey, what's up, buddy? But no, you know what? I I like him being on that line. Like Milano and Z have this unbelievable bromance chemistry. They just they know where each other's gonna be before they even get there. And I and I get that. Like I little beer leagues I play in, there's guys that I play with on different teams where I don't have to look for a pass. I don't have to look up. I I, I know exactly where they're gonna be, so I can make blind passes like that and they'll score. And vice versa, and I think that's what's happening with Milano and Zegras. It's, it's great to see with De, with Delore on that line too. 
it lets other teams know, hey, if you're going to take a liberty at our star player, our future, you're going to get your ass kicked, and you're not going to like it. Like, it's, if I'm playing against like uh, uh, that line, and Delorier is on the ice, I'm not going to go take a run at Zegras at all because I don't have to answer to Delorier. And I, I, I know I'm pretty tough, but I've seen that I got guy lead the league in fighting. I've seen numerous fights. I've seen every one of his fights he's had in the National Hockey League. And there's no way in hell I'm gonna I'm gonna go against Delorier. He's just one of those players that people know. Um, he's kind of like you know, Ryan Reeves. People know his reputation, and he's on a line with someone. Or if you do something on a, a teammate of Ryan Reeves, you have to answer to him. So it's it's not gonna be good. Yeah, yeah people question it and stuff. I like it, and I hope it it, it continues. Um, you know, because people aren't going to stop taking liberties at Zegras. He's that phenomenal player. He's young. Like you said, he's full of energy. Maybe he comes up borderline cocky other teams. I like that swag. And I like what he's bringing to the team. And I like that. So uh, other players aren't going to like that. They're going to go, you know, yeah, P.K. Subban and his bad breath taking that little slew foot uncalled for. Just, just stupid. So we have a player like Delore on that line. People are going to, uh, uh, players are going to think twice about taking those liberties. So uh, I don't know. A lot of people don't like it. I love it. And, I, and, and I'm, and I'm, I'm almost a, GM too of the Ducks, so maybe that matters if I love it. So, uh, so if I'm on there, I'm I'm going to lower beer prices, and then if you're on there, you're going to have Delorier with Zegras, and he's going to be captain of the team too. He's going to and he's going to wear sleeveless freaking jersey so you can see his tattoos. There we go. <laughs> oh, what a shit show this team would be if we were both oh, GMs. <laughs> oh, good God, dude. Or if they, I was they, GM. Yeah, they, they 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 would like throw us out of the building, man. They'd be like, start losing games and like these guys don't know anything about anything. And we're like, hey man, well, that's why we're that's why we're on a podcast and we're not running the team. <laughs> I'd be like that guy AJ Galante from the the Trashers, the original Bad Boys of Hockey. That guy just was seventeen year old kid. He was a GM of that team, and he just he liked wrestling, so he brought in a bunch of fighters and stuff like that. But oh man, <sighs> oh I don't know what's happening. But okay, so the, <laughs> the only the other the other thing that did come out that was kind of bad in this game, obviously, is that Comtois was out with an upper body injury. Um, I forgot somewhere in there he was seen wearing ice on one of his hands. I can't remember if it was at practice or after one of the games or something. I can't remember where I saw that, but possible hand injury. Um, but we had uh, Jacob loves uh, Stella on Instagram asking about you know Comtois getting his mojo back, and I, I I think there's a couple things with this. Um, I think that part of it is that he's not going to the net as much. He's not as hungry. Like you look at uh, Troy Terry and you look at Zegris, you look at Milano. These guys are all going to net. They're you know they're going 100 miles an hour and everything. I I don't know if Comtois is hesitant or something's going on, but. He just doesn't quite seem himself, but he's also not been in on every game. That's been another part of this equation that's kind of been frustrating because we've talked about uh, developing chemistry with other players and also getting into a rhythm. And if you're being scratched every other game, right, and you're only playing once every you know fourth night or whatever it is, depending on the schedule, that's not helping either. So I think there's a few things there. I mean, I think... If, if you got him out there, like I said before, with Milano and Zegras, you know, maybe get him going there. Um, maybe you throw him on a line with Carrick and get him going because Carrick has been playing pretty well in that bottom six role and, and get him going. But uh, he's definitely been in a funk, Eddie, and it's frustrating because, uh, you know, he, he's he's been doing so well before, but as of late, he's just, just been, you know, not out there, not noticeable at all. 
Yeah, it's, it sucks to see. I had high hopes for him this season. I, I don't know what's going on. He had that what, one point. I thought it was going to – so he needed that off his back. I, I think it's just confidence. He has to get that confidence back. He has to get his swagger back. I don't know what's going on with him. If it is an injury that we don't know about or something that's affecting him emotionally. But his game has just been off. It hasn't been the same. Uh, I saw some passion and fire when I went to that uh, the game against the Coyotes a few weeks ago, and he had that fire and that fight in him. But it just seems like I think the it's just himself getting to him mostly. Um, he has to score that first goal of the season, and hopefully that monkey just gets thrown off his back and it's gone, and he can just be that player that that we know he can be that 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 top six player that can produce the points, that can be that physical presence. Uh, we haven't seen that of late. I don't like the idea of scratching him. It, it just that's kind of a slap in the face. Okay, I get it. He's not performing well, but you want a player of his caliber to be in games all the time, even though he's not performing. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's any other issues why he should be scratched besides his point production. And I don't know. It's just it's one of those things where just I have no idea what's going on. Hopefully, he figures it out soon, and he can just kind of kind of translate and kind of I guess duplicate what he did last season when he's almost scored those 20 goals he had 33 points um hopefully hopefully he figures it out soon the team's rolling on right now we have a good streak and the team's just been absolutely on fire imagine a guy like him getting thrown in the fire too and him starts putting the point productions in it tends to be more even more dangerous like they might be those uh, contenders and not pretenders because he he brings that all that all those elements of the game that you want and need. So I can't even believe that we're talking about being a contender. I mean, we we, we talked about it this you know at the outset. We were like, oh yeah, maybe they'll uh, you know get in a playoff spot. You know, maybe they can do that and see how they go and yada yada yada. And here we are with this, and we're like, wow, the team's like battling it out in the top three of the Pacific, and. Pretty much everybody's rolling, other than uh, Comtois, like we talked about just now. Uh, we had we had one question about that too. We had Alex Rodriguez. He asked about you know what impact of the turnaround, summer workouts, assistant coaches. I, I think a lot of it was the assistant coaches. We talked about that, a complete overhaul. All of them were you know pretty much out except for obviously the head coach, and that changed, especially on the power play. The power play has just been stupid right now. Um, they're just just scoring like crazy it's like almost every single game now that the ducks are scoring on the power play and you notice that the penalty kill has been awesome as well so i think all the assistant coaches yes i think that's a big part of it um you know you look at the the ducks power play at t- just over 28 percent fourth best in the league and the penalty kill at 86.4 percent uh also up there tops in the league so I definitely think that's been part of it. I think uh, we've touched on the chemistry, putting these certain guys together. I think McTavish coming in has added an element to this as well, doing great. Um, like we said, Terry exploded, and it just seems like that that's been a lot of it. It's it's been um, a whole new season, basically. I, you know, I think you know maybe after the shortened season last year, and then coming back and actually getting back to a groove, and you know, fans in the building, and everything. Um, you know, even gets off on fire too. I, I think it's a lot of that has been the chemistry, but also a change uh, in the, the the staff behind the bench because it's obviously working. You know, the Ducks are doing as well as they are right now. Yeah, um, uh, I was skeptical about this team, and I, I said they weren't uh, contenders. 
I might be wrong, Mike, and I, I really hope I am. I really hope I'm wrong. I, I still think the Ducks need a few more pieces to put together to actual be proven contenders. I, I think a lot of teams, Ducks have a track record too. Of, they usually have a, a good season, a decent season, and they kind of tank after January. So hopefully that's not the case. We have injuries that play back in the past. So hopefully that's uh, not going to be the case this season. But I'm starting to turn around. I'm starting to, to, to believe in this team to be contenders and not pretenders. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I hope I was wrong. And I, that's one thing. I, I love to admit when I'm wrong about this team. So I hope this is the case. But I, I still can't just something seems like it's missing from this team to actually put them in that contention spot to be a Stanley Cup team. Like I said, uh, we both talked about we don't want this team squeaking in the playoffs and getting bounced the first round, getting some mid-level draft pick when they can get a, a higher draft pick. We need them to be better. We need them to win the Stanley Cup. Um, maybe this is a Cinderella story. I know last week someone mentioned that about uh, I think New Jersey or something like that. They mentioned that team being that Cinderella team. Maybe it's uh, a duplicate of what we're seeing now. Hopefully this team could could just keep rolling on. It seems like they're having fun. Uh, it's going to the games, watching the games. You see the, the team. They're all smiles. They're like I wish I could go to a practice and see how this team. They, they seem loose, and I think. The best thing that Murray did for this team was announcing officially that they're in a rebuild. So it got all the players seem a little more looser. They can go out there and like, all right, there's no expectation for us to, to sit there and win games. Yeah, we're not going to go on the ice and, and intentionally lose games or just play half-assed. We're going to go out there and we're going to play hockey and have some fun. And that's what I'm seeing on this ice is this team looks like they're having a great time playing the game. And that passion and that fire has been seen from a lot of players. A lot of players have something to prove. Yeah, veteran players are, are they're on the cusp of retirement as of Getzloff. He looks like he's enjoying himself, having a great time. Uh, it's just it, it's good to see. It's really fun to watch, and, and I'm glad that this team is going where they're going. And I just hope that we figure out what we're going to do. And it's not just kind of a fluke or the, that dating period that people talk about when you first get in a relationship. And it's not going to just spiral down and, and, and start going to crap. Um, if they could figure it out and they really want to be contenders and they have to kind of move some pieces, they have to bring in some pieces. They have to get, like I said, they have to get uh, a little more grittier. They have to add, I would say, another top a top line scorer and it'd be set. But it just the the transition from this team from the last two seasons to now, it's just, I love it. And regardless if the team tanks or not, I'm still going to be happy and I'm happy where this team is at right now and where they're going. This team is going upward, and they're going to be dangerous for a few years, and they're going to be dangerous in a few years and for a few years to come. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, so that kind of brings us to this fan question. We had Trip SB underscore 33 on Instagram ask, you know, should we trade any players or keep what we have and let it ride? And that's what you talked about was bringing in another scorer. We also know there's trade rumors with your other team that you like, Colorado. Uh, Sam Gerrard is rumored to be on the trade block. So... That, that's going towards the defensive side, though, not not the offensive side. And the Avs are also looking for a forward. So, you know, what do, what do you do with this team? You keep it going as is, or do you try to make a trade? I, uh, I think for the on the defensive side uh, with Sam Gerrard, I think a lot of it goes back to what we talked about earlier, 
and we mentioned a couple of shows before is Manson and Lindholm. What are they going to do? Are they going to, you know, let these guys go for nothing at the end of the season? Or are they going to try to extend them? Are they going to try to trade them before the trade deadline? I think part of that's a huge factor as far as the, the whole Sam Gerrard thing. Would I like to have Sam Gerrard? Absolutely. Uh, of course, he costs, you know, $5 million a season, which, I mean, you know, you want a good defenseman that can help score and whatnot. He's definitely a guy that you can add in there. But I, I don't know if the Ducks do that. I, I think that they have to really figure out uh, and, and, you know, Raquel is still out injured, as we've talked about on the other show. He's uh, week to week right now. So that's something we're waiting to see because if he comes back, does that maybe do something? Do the, do the Ducks trade somebody? Uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of interesting situation that the Ducks are in because we didn't expect this and now they're winning. I, I don't want them really to trade or mess up anything. But I, I for me, if they are going to move on uh, from Raquel, uh, Manson or Lindholm, which I predict they will at least with one of them. I don't think they're going to sign all three back. But if they are going to move on, you got to start thinking about what are you going to do. So are you going to go out and try and get another forward like you talked about, uh, Eddie? Because the Ducks are winning. Raquel's been out. We just got uh, Silverberg uh, back, right? He got off the COVID thing. So thank God he's he's feeling better. And he, he got back in the uh, in the mix uh, in this um, you know last game here. Thank God. So you have him back now. What, what are you going to do? I, I think the Ducks are kind of in an interesting situation. If they're going to move on from one of those three and get out ahead of the trade deadline, uh, maybe they do make a move. Because the worst thing you could do is sit on these guys and, and then don't do anything. Don't resign them. Let them go. I, I think they still hold value. Like you said, they don't have the rental. Uh, they only have the rental value right now. They don't have the, the long-term or at least the extra season like they did last year. But if I'm the Ducks, I ride it out right now and see how it's going. Uh, you know, kind of had all that news with Murray last week. So I would just kind of go with it right now. But I'm not against Sam Gerrard. I mean, obviously, he'd be a great fit. It might cost the Ducks a little bit. I don't know what they would want to give if they would want to trade one of their defensemen knowing that they you know that that's going to be the issue or you know if they want a forward with the ducks throwing a forward and then they're going to have to do something else obviously what do you think uh, you know i know i know you follow colorado more than i do um do you think the ducks would be interested or in any kind of trade for that matter um i i, I think they should um if they really want to establish themselves and, and kind of build that team and be a more offensive threat and bring someone dangerous on the power play. Sam Gerrard's a, a, a good, he's a a great skater. He brings that offensive threat each and every time he's on the ice. He's known for that little spinorama move he does on people. Everyone knows he's going to do it, but he still gets players. And he still gets around players. He's not a big guy. He's a smaller uh, smaller defenseman. I believe he's like 5'10", 5'11". Uh, came from a trade from Nashville. A three-way trade from the Matt Duchesne situation. But... I think um, if if he's available and uh, and for the right price, why not? Um, if you're going to get rid of Lindholm or Manson, um, you could bring in him. He, he can be like, automatically your top four, if not a top defenseman on your team. And he can produce a lot of points. He can open up the ice and help other guys get those goals. Uh, he's an assist machine. But he, he moves the puck really well. He skates really well. I know Mike Chambers from the Denver Post said that the Avs want a forward in return. So... I don't know uh, who, who they're going to want. Either I mentioned uh, Sam Steele. It seems like he's been scratched here and there. He didn't make the LV Night roster. Maybe he's uh, a change of scenery for him might do. I'm pretty sure 
and 100% sure the Avs would love uh, Troy Terry on their team, especially Sackick uh, coached him <laughs> for a little bit and knew how special he was going to be. So, But <laughs> right now that's not going to happen. Um, if you want Troy Terry sent over him, uh, Nathan McKinnon will be cool with that. I would be cool with that if I was GM, but hey. Um, yeah, we, we have to see what's going to happen. Um, do you want to move forward, and do you think that Raquel, Lindholm, and Manson are going to be the future of this team? Are they going to bring you a Stanley Cup, and do you want to extend them to longer contracts to kind of finish up their career? Uh, if not, then you got to make that decision, and I think right now we have to figure out. Uh, the most important thing is figure out what we're going to do with our GM situation. You, you don't want to lose these guys and not get anything in return. You don't want to trade them if they could be an instrumental piece and and kind of this team being a Stanley Cup contender. Um, there's a lot of uh, questions, and the, the the tip of the iceberg right now is we have to figure out and establish who's going to be the future GM of this team and what they want and what they envision for the future of this team. Someone like Sam Girard's on the block that he'd be a good fit. Uh, just just his offensive abilities alone on the defensive end. Yes, that'd be great. The Ducks have an issue with letting a lot of shots. Uh, on their goalie, maybe he's not the best uh, and reasonable person for that because he's more offensive ability, sometimes lacks that defensive mentality at times because he tries to join the rush. That's all things that a, a GM of a Ducks team needs to figure out. And right now we're at an interim stage, so we don't really have a, a GM set in stone that, that can build something. So. Yeah, a lot of question marks for sure with this team right now. I mean, they keep on winning. Obviously, that helps out. But in, in terms of trades and whatnot, I mean, still got a little ways to go before the trade deadline. So I, I think the Ducks kind of let the water settle for right now and uh, go from there and see what happens, you know, the next couple of weeks. They keep on winning and winning. You don't worry about the trade so much. You worry about, you know, what are you going to do with those three players that we mentioned and go from there. There's another option, too. Uh, Kyle Clifford was put on waivers. Uh, is that someone that the Ducks should go after? I'm not really big on, on Kyle. Uh, I mean, I know, obviously, with the battles with the Ducks and, and the Kings with him involved, uh, you know, um, he's a tough guy and whatnot. But I, I don't know. That's not really a guy I think that would fit uh, in with this team. I mean, it's it's not what we would need. I think, like you said, if you're going to get uh, another player, it's got to either be a solid defenseman or somebody that's going to score. Uh, you had uh, Sam Steele and Comtois that aren't doing as well right now. So um, I, I would look more at that. I mean, the Ducks are scoring goals anyway. It's not a big deal. Uh, for me, I'm more concerned about the defense thing because of Manson and Lindholm. Plus, like I said, the, the Ducks still do give up a lot of shots uh, against. Um, so that's one concern for me. Um, you know, they're giving up almost 33 shots a game. Uh, which is ninth highest in the league. So I, I'd like to have them keep that down a little bit. Um, obviously, they're, they're holding the team at bay, the ones they're playing against. They've, they've been doing really well in most of these games. So I say just let it ride out. I wouldn't pick up him off the waiver wire. Let things go for a couple weeks and then see where we're at, Eddie. Yeah, I agree. Um, Kyle Clifford, I like his style of hockey, that, that, that rough, that tough guy. But I, I don't think he'd be a good fit with the Ducks. The Ducks... Uh, yeah, I, I can't see him fitting anywhere in the roster besides being an occasional like fit-in and scratch. Um, we have Delorier, we have Manson, we have, what, uh, let me see, uh, Sam Carrick, my bad, I almost forgot his name. Holy, I'm a crap, I'm a bad Ducks fan. But yeah, we have those guys that could fill those roles that he would come in and bring in. Yes, I do want more grit on this team, but I do want more, like, I guess I want more skill too. 
kind of a Tom Wilson kind of player. Uh, he brings that grit. He's a tough guy, but he can put it on. He can put points on the board, and he can rack them up. So um, I want someone like that. Kyle Clifford. I, I think he gets picked up off waivers. Uh, um, I know a lot of teams would love his services and probably need it. Um, so I wish him the best of luck. But I think the Ducks are going to pass on that, and it would be a good, it wouldn't be a good first move for Solomon to pick up a guy like Kyle Clifford off waivers if the Ducks really don't need him right now. Like you said, the Ducks are on a roll; they're on fire. Don't change anything as much as we like to talk about trades and stuff like that. Right now, the Ducks, what they're doing is working. Whatever they're eating is working. Just just keep going and, and let's see what this team is going to become. Because right now, it's still a question mark too. Like 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 what's going on with this team? Like everyone's shocked. I think everyone in the hockey world's shocked. Uh, you see all these these analysts that never even talk about Anaheim. They can't even spell Anaheim. Are talking about the Ducks daily. It's just something that's crazy. We're getting uh, noticed. We're getting on the mark. So. Let's not change it right now. Like you said, just wait a few weeks and see like if this team's going to start spiraling down or if they're going to continue their streak. This is streak they have is just crazy. Yeah, you talk about the love that we're getting around the league. They uh, did their NHL uh, rankings on NHL Network, and they, they had the three uh, announcers on there, and they all had the Ducks as number four in the league. Um, so, I mean, that's some serious love there. And then, of course, uh, you're seeing a lot of the NHL – uh, public relations account posting out different things about Terry's doing this streak and Getzloff's doing this and you know all the stuff going on. And we had Gibson that was a third star last week and now Terry's a third star this week. So the Ducks are definitely getting noticed. They're getting blown up uh, in a good way, uh, you know, in all the media channels and whatnot. So that's where we're at with the Ducks. Uh, before we go to the league news, we do have to talk about the goals a little bit. Uh, did you see that goal, the Michigan by a pro the other night? Holy shit, Eddie, that was like an awesome play. Yeah, he's been on fire. 13 points leads the goals. Uh, I think he's scored seven uh, seven points. Uh, in the last seven games, he has points. He, he's just going nuts. Uh, and that the Michigan, it's funny because they try to they try to like like I guess slash him on that play, and no, they couldn't do it. He was just he was too fast. It, that's that's a move. I, I don't know. I love that move. A lot of people don't like it. I know Drew Doughty was irritated. He doesn't like that move. Uh, a video I saw on NHL Network. Um, come to all, try to make the move, and uh, when they played against them, and he just wasn't a fan of it. I attempted it the other. I actually attempted it yesterday, but my skill level wasn't <laughs> allowing me to do that. But it, it just it was fun to see. It's good to see him trending upward and him becoming that point production leader for the goals. And he, he's just making it fun for the goals. Uh, I'm assuming he'll be called up soon. The way like, if he keeps going on the way he's doing, the way he plays. But we have another special player, and we have another player too. Uh, Braden Tracy is second on the goals and points, so it's like our future is looking bright in Anaheim, and it's it's going to be good to see him when he finally gets that call up and he earns his spot with the Ducks. And hopefully, if we can see in Michigan him doing that in NHL or, or Zegers, I know Zegers attempted it twice already, so hopefully Zegers can uh, do that. That's going to be fun to see. I don't know, Mike. It's just it's crazy to see players do that. I, I love it. It's just it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, he just snuck in behind there and just threw it in. And, I, I mean, I don't care what Dowdy says. If he doesn't like the play, you know, he can pound sand or whatever. I don't care about, you know, him. It's still hockey. I mean, it's it's not an outlawed play. So, I mean, until the league outlaws it, if you can get it on your – I mean, it's a risky play, yeah, because you got to balance that puck on the stick. And then, you know, the best way to defend it, obviously, is you knock the, the puck off the stick. Common sense, right? You hit the player's stick and the puck goes flying. So – it's not it's not always 
you know, the easiest thing to do because you really have to get it on there and sneak it in on, on either side like that. But it's always exciting to see something different like that. And um, yeah, I mean, the goals are having a rough time. Uh, we all know that. I mean, what are you going to do when you've got Drysdale and Zegras that were on the team last year and now they're pretty much with the Ducks this season? So overall, the goals, you know, haven't been doing too well as far as winning games and whatnot. But I mean, you still get to watch the young talent down there uh, and see how they're doing. So uh, if you do get a chance to go down there and see a game, I highly recommend it. It's always fun to watch uh, the goals game, especially the fans. The fans get pretty rowdy down in San Diego uh, at the games. So um, we'll have, you know, Thomas does his updates on that. So we're always putting those out for those, um, the games. He covers them. So always look for those uh, wrap ups. So uh, with that, we'll just little things around the league basically to uh, wrap up this show. And uh, we had uh, what, some hockey Hall of Fame inductees. Uh, Eddie, we had uh, Kim St. Pierre, uh, Kevin Lowe, Doug Wilson, Ken Holland, uh, Marion Hossa, and Jerome Aginla uh, inducted in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if there's any surprises there or anything, but those were the recent inductees. No, Jerome Aginla is a class act guy. I, I love that dude. I, I got to watch him play in Colorado when I was over there. Uh, have a jersey signed by him. He was always a class act guy. I had that, that, that shark shirt you made a long time ago, Mike. I had that. He laughed at that. He liked that shirt. I've had the best memories of him. Uh, he works hard at practice. He's one of the first guys on, last guys off. He, he, he was great to see live in person and interaction, and he had a great career with the Flames. Obviously, that's his, he's more known for. One of those players, I wish he would have lifted a cup, but he didn't. But he, he well deserved it. I think everyone on this list deserved it. Yeah, I agree, and you're right. I mean, a lot of, a lot of all-star talent on there for sure. So those are your latest... Hall of Fame inductees. Uh, we had, God, man, this thing doesn't ever seem to go away, but Ottawa uh, unfortunately had to cancel some of their games and uh, they're going to have to do some rescheduling and whatnot. Had a bunch of people in the, the uh, pro, uh, COVID protocol, unfortunately. So it's still here. Uh, you know, like I said, Jacob just got out of it uh, for the Ducks, but uh, they're going to have to figure that stuff out in Ottawa, Eddie, with the schedule. Yeah, that's unfortunate to miss games, but I guess safety and, and whatever protocols they're doing. So it's just, you know, it, it doesn't affect the deck schedule. So I guess that's kind of a win-win for us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, and speaking of hot players, you know, of course we focus on the Ducks and we talk about Terry and we talk about Getzloff. You can't not mention those guys. But uh, what about Ovechkin, Eddie? This guy's been on a tear and you and I are going to see him tomorrow uh, against the Capitals. He uh, he passed Brett Hall. He's now the fourth all-time leading goal scorer in, in the whole National Hockey League with 776. Um, it's just this guy keeps... Uh, I'm sorry, no, he didn't have 776. He's like 20 goals shy of that. Um, Yager holds a third spot with 766. Sorry about that. But yeah, he's just going bananas. He's His age, too, he's just firing the puck. I, I've yet to see him score on the one-timer, his traditional trademark shot. So it's just, it's good to see him going. I really hope he breaks that record. Um, I, I think he can score another 20 goals this season and break Yager's record and hold the third spot. So I'm really uh, rooting for him. I know Gretzky talked about it on TNT, that he's rooting for him to break his own record. So that's good to see. Another fun story from Washington, uh, Zach Focal, their goalie. I know he was a, a high draft pick for the Montreal Canadiens, spent some time on the East Coast, and bounced around leagues here and there. He got his first uh, career start, and he got his first shutout. Uh, it's good for him. His family was in the house. I think his mom was in tears. 
uh, it was good to see a player like that just kind of like overcome adversity that he's dealt with. He's had a rocky start to his professional career, bouncing through leagues to leagues, not really finding a spot. He gets his first shutout in his first game uh, started in the National Hockey League. It's one of those things where you can just smile and, and you can be happy for him. It was, it was good for him. Yeah, I mean, both good stories uh, out of Washington, especially for him, like you said, getting his first shutout, so that's huge. And Ovechkin, man, that guy just continues to be on the tear. Uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, as far, how far he keeps going up those those uh, those spots for the, uh, the goals. I mean, he just keeps on scoring and scoring. Uh, another good story was in Carolina. I didn't know too much about this, but Eddie, I guess uh, the Canes made a donation to Montreal's Children's Foundation. Did you have more on that? Oh, yeah. It, it was kind of cool. They, they sent a tweet out saying uh, for World Kindness Day, they, they they made a donation to the Montreal Canadiens Children's F- Foundation. I know there has been, like, drama during the offseason when they uh, got an offer sheet for uh, one of their players, and they gave them a $20 signing bonus, and they were just kind of poking fun at them because Montreal got an offer sheet to one of their players. And then there was an issue with Carolina not playing their full uh, preseason games, and someone uh, kind of ratted him out to the league about that. And we kind of can assume that it was Montreal. So it was just fun that it, it, it was fun bantering and, and poking around. But it was nice to see that that Carolina is just they're a bunch of jerks, but they went and did something really nice. And I I think whoever's running their social media team, they're doing a top notch job, and they're not getting paid nearly enough of what they should be. They're so fun. If you guys haven't followed them, I suggest you follow the Hurricanes on social media. Just uh, they're fun. It's a fun team to follow them. And New Jersey, New Jersey. Uh, I suggest if you uh, if you try to poke fun at them, just be prepared because they they will dish it back at you, and they will pretty much throw you under the bus. Yeah, wasn't New Jersey the one where they had had the guy? He said something, and he was like bench pressing like almost no weight right and didn't they make fun of that guy yeah. and the guy deleted his account yeah they called him out like they're like oh yeah says the guy that's uh that's on a bench press for zero weight <laughs> and he was getting clowned on and he ended up getting uh he deleted his account but like it, it's just fun like whoever's running their account is, is just top notch too i wish the ducks would bring in someone like that to add that flair and add that style and fun the ducks have done significantly a lot better on their social media i don't know if they got someone else new uh running that but uh, they're better i just wish they would be more i guess feisty like carolina and new jersey are yeah carolina and new jersey they can be pretty savage at times man i always crack up and the stuff you know they, they oh man you're right they they throw out some doozies on there another one that's not bad is the blue jackets theirs is pretty good as well and uh you got uh, rick nash is having his jersey retired eddie coming up here oh yeah they're uh it's their uh, first time in franchise history they're going to retire a jersey uh, his number 61 will be retired he's uh, played over uh 1006 uh, he played 1060 games with the blue jackets rangers in boston obviously he's more known as being that blue jacket franchise star ducks don't really know who he is just consider that equivalent to the paul korea of the anaheim ducks so he was like their number one for superstar he scored 547 points 298 goals and 258 58 assists so it's kind of a good honor for him and i think it's a a great jersey for them to retire and it's and congratulations to him and i think he's yeah he's one of those players too that did not win a Stanley cup so that's unfortunate yeah, so look forward for that. And then we have another hot player in Edmonton, uh, McDavid, uh, getting 600 points in 421 games. Uh, 
another guy to watch uh, that'll be, you know, I don't like Edmonton, obviously, when we play, but, you know, we get to see Ovechkin tomorrow, but that's another guy that, I mean, you got to appreciate his game, especially if you can watch it in person, Eddie. Yeah, he's so fast. It's just, I can't believe a, a skater, like, I, I don't think I've seen a skater skate as fast as him. He's just, what he does, it's unfortunate he's with the Edmonton Oilers. I, I wish he was on a better team. I wish he was on the Ducks, to be honest, but, hey, if I was GM, I'd swing that trade. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, it, it's good to see him and him, like, uh, cl- climbing up those those ladders, and he's that, he's that hype that everyone talked about, and he's really, like, reliving it, and he's just, he's at a whole other level, and I really just wish him all the best, and... I, I really hope he does lift the Stanley Cup one day, but it's not against beating the Ducks or anything like that. Exactly. You know, I did talk to Manson uh, recently, and I asked him, you know, who who is the most difficult player to defend? And he said that McDavid was the most difficult. And he talked about what you said. He just said the way that his speed, he is so fast that the way Manson characterized it is that every time McDavid's on the ice, you need at least two guys tracking him because uh he's just that explosive and uh, you know the hype like you said absolutely uh he's he's just all over the place and i'm with you if he came to the ducks i wouldn't be upset i mean if you're gm hey i'll lower the beer prices and you bring (laughs) mcdavid okay oh imagine that trade though like holy hell you gotta give up everything your firstborn and your secondborn like it's to get a player like that that'd be nuts yeah, obviously it's not going to happen, but we're just saying. And then another one that didn't happen was Eichel, and that's what we're in the show with. Uh, he got his surgery finally. Thank God for him. He actually was in and out in, in the day, um, and uh, he said he felt good. The reports I, I said uh, saw is that he's doing well. Obviously, he's not going to rush back, but uh, sucks he went to Vegas. Like you know, We talk about that, but for him as a person, I'm glad he finally got the surgery that he wanted, Eddie, and it was successful. Yeah, I, I, I wish him all the best. I hate to see players have to get hurt and be done after that. I know he had some issues with his attitude. Uh, he's He was young, so uh, hopefully it changes. Yeah, um, I've I heard a, a podcast, too. He was talking about, they asked him about Team USA if he wants to play. Yeah, obviously, he wants to represent his country, but he says Vegas is his main priority. They took a chance on him, and they let him get the surgery that he wanted. So his main focus is on getting back and being that productive member of the Vegas Golden Knights. I mentioned the USA thing because him not on that team opens up a spot for Troy Terry. So hopefully, uh, you know, as of right now, I can't see Troy Terry not be named on the USA roster. It's just, it's just that's going to be awesome. Mike, I'm going to buy a Troy Terry jersey. I already bought an orange Troy Terry jersey, and I would love to buy a Team USA Troy Terry jersey. Guy's going on fire, and, and hopefully with the dismissal of Jack Eichel not being able to compete in the USA uh, for, in the Olympics, that it's a spot that Troy Terry can earn. But I, I think even without this, he's already proving himself that he belongs in that spot. Even He's not the household name that you would think of when you talk about USA hockey. So I think everything's trending in the right way. And I would be surprised if Troy Terry wasn't named to the USA roster come February when the Olympics are. January, February. I don't I mean, know you're 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. If they if they participate in that, for sure. I mean, that's definitely something that I, I hope he makes it too with Eichel not being in there. So, all right. With that, uh, we'll wrap up the show. Obviously exciting, you know, the new era in the Ducks, right? Uh, have to figure out who the next GM is going to be. We have Solomon in there for now. 
And the team's on a winning streak. And, of course, you know, in a couple of months of trade deadline will come up. We kind of talked about a little bit more than normal, but a lot of stuff going on with this team. So we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. And we may do another show before Thanksgiving or not. Just kind of depends on what everything's going on. We're trying to get back to our, our uh, Monday schedule. So that's, you know, look for the show to come out on Mondays or Tuesdays. And don't forget, too, to check out uh, ZStackLife.com. Uh, for your multivitamin needs and also buckedup.com for your boost in energy, uh, Ducks and Pucks 93 for your discount there. So thanks for listening. Appreciate all the questions and let's go Ducks.